Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright. You're about to hear Success Profiles Radio. I just want to take a moment before the show to share with you our new sponsor. I've been working with BestRadioTravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to my loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the upcoming show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rates. Now let's start the show. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll introduce my guest shortly, and I promise this is going to be a lot of fun. It'll be great. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. That's B-R-I-A-N. Will Rogers says a man only learns in two ways, one by reading and the other by association with smarter people. I love this quote because there are two thoughts that stick out to me. One is that reading is so important. If you spend time reading and applying knowledge you learn from books that can help your life, you can't help but become a better and more influential person. And two, it's so important to hang around with people you can learn from consistently. While it is true that you can learn something from everyone, it is so critical to identify what you want to accomplish with your life and spend as much time as possible hanging around with people who have blazed a path before you who know how to do what you want. So just like Will Rogers says, a man only learns in two ways, one by reading and the other by association with smarter people. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free. My guest this week is Ursula Menchez. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Ursula Menchez is the founder of Sales Coach Now, as well as a sales expert, inspirational speaker, author, and certified sales coach who specializes in NLP to help her clients double and triple their sales. Her podcast, Double Your Sales Now has received all five-star reviews, is being downloaded in more than 55 countries, and is experiencing double-digit growth. Ursula, Ursula is the recipient of multiple awards, including Women in Business, uh, PDP's Extraordinary Speaker and Business of the Woman of the Year Award, and also the Lifetime Achievement Award from the President of the United States. She shared the stage with best-selling author Laura Langmeyer, Les Brown, Tom Antion, Lisa Nichols, Juliana Rancic, and many others. Her clients include Aflac, Keller Williams, New York Life, Paychecks, and more. She has a degree in psychology and communication with a bachelor's and an MS in counseling psychology. And she is NLP certified through the NLP Institute of California. Also the author of four best-selling books, including Selling with Intention and Belief Zone. That's a lot. And we're going to talk about so much on the show today. So here we are with my good friend, Ursula Menchez. Ursula, how are you today? Brian, I'm so glad to be here with you. And thank you for that, that really nice introduction, even though I wrote it or somebody on my team wrote it. It's, it's um, when you hear someone like you read it back, it's like, wow, you know, you don't, you just take a moment. So thank yeah. you. That was lovely. Yeah. You're so welcome. In fact, I've had a couple of people say, gosh, did I do that? <laughs> I know. I know. And you say it so well. Like, I want to take Brian everywhere with me. Anyway, well, thank you. We'll have to just record that or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. 
It would be great. So I usually like to ask people about their backstory. Obviously, your background is in sales. What was the life? Was there a life before sales for you? Yeah, it's a great place to begin. Well, I grew up on a farm in southern Minnesota, so that was before the sales career. And I wanted to be on the farm forever, but my parents said, go to college and get a good job. So I found the closest college that I could and ended up going to St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota. I know where that is. Yeah, some people do. And I I majored in psychology and communication. So I got done and I was like, oh, I'm going to have this great um, career question mark. So I didn't know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so then I thought, well, I better do something else. I wanted to go to law school, but I needed money to pay for it. And that's when I kind of got this idea of, um, sales or what is sales and marketing. And I worked in the career development center and I had done some tests and it said it'd be great in sales and marketing. At that same time, my first job out of college was working at Pure One Imports making $6.25 an hour. So it started in retail, but it was because of my friend, Jana. I think Jana's ears must be ringing all the time. She was an econ major at St. Olaf, super smart, organized, also working with me at Pure One Imports. And one day she said, Ursa, I have an opportunity for us. And we ended up being transferred to Boulder, Colorado, because her aunt and uncle were so gracious, they allowed us to live with them for a couple of months. And from there, what happened is, I can only say this, you know, it's like those magical moments or those God winks, because um, Jana's aunt and uncle were lovely, and her uncle was an entrepreneur, and we had some, some really interesting conversations. But one day he said to me, he said, Ursula, you know, why don't you get a job in outside sales? And I said, what, what, like, what is outside sales? I didn't really even mm-hmm. understand. And he said, you know, right. it's selling business to business. And I said, tell me more about that. And he said, look, if you can get a job in outside sales, which I think with your background in psychology and communication, you'd be great at sales. It's like, you could do anything. And I knew he had started a company and sold a company. I thought, well, this is pretty sage advice, right? This, yeah. this gentleman knows what he's talking about. And, and before, so he said, you know, send me your resume. I'll look at it before I could even get my resume to him. I ended up meeting someone at Pure One Imports who was buying rugs, <laughs> and she was working for an international computer training and consulting company. She said, you know, we were chatting, and she said, you know, you should interview with us. And I did, and that was my first job in outside sales. But the way everything came together, I mean, I couldn't have planned that. It just it, it couldn't have come together better. But I, I will say this, Brian. I am an accidental salesperson, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like, there wasn't this plan. I didn't even know this career existed or where it would take me. Right, exactly. So did you ever envision that you might someday do what you're doing right now? You know, here's the funny thing. Like, I in my book, One Great Goal, I talk about looking back at what you were doing when you were seven years old. Like, I think that's a very pivotal age, and I think there's clues. Yeah. And when I was seven, I used to go downstairs in our basement, and um, we had these old, um, I say old, I I should say vintage, (laughs) I just thought they were old, vintage um, school, like, you know, the um, one one room schoolhouse seats, Mm -hmm. like they were these desks, and they were these vintage desks, and I used to pretend I was a teacher, and I would hand out work assignments, and I was always teaching my class, and so, you know, you'd think, well, that could become any kind of teacher, but I I didn't, I didn't see that this was the path. When I look back, I, there I was, public speaking downstairs in my basement. (laughs) Yeah, sort of a little house in the Prairie Country House School. Totally, yes, Yeah. and I love that show. (laughs) Yeah, my grandma taught country school back in the 30s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of know what, what, I mean, I obviously I wasn't there, but I mean, I look at little house of the prairie and I'm like, okay, that must be what that was like. Okay. That's (laughs) good. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So was your family supportive of your journey this whole way? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I think my parents, 
they probably had different ideas of who or what I would become, but I, I would yeah. say that they've been supportive. You know, I mean, my mom always thought I'd be a nurse. She was a nurse. Mm. And, oh. um, so I, you know, I, I would faint at the sight of blood. So I would tell her, I'm like, that's just not, that's not my career path. And it's not what I'm being called to, you know, so yeah. I think, you know, they always wanted me to do well. I don't think there were a lot of parameters around it. They knew that, I mean, their, their advice was you can't stay on the farm. The farm's going to go by the wayside, small family farm, even though I would have right. been a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Or a farmer and stayed on that farm forever. So they were pointing me in a different direction. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I went through a very, very brief phase where I thought maybe I might be a veterinarian. But I can't, I watched the vet dehorn our baby calves. <laughs> I'm like, no, oh, I'm no, sorry, yes. I will not do this to my baby animals. I will not I do this. <laughs> I'm this, I'm with you. You know, I delivered a lot of baby animals, which was phenomenal. And I, there were certain parts that I loved about it. There were certain other parts that I, I couldn't have done either. No, absolutely. So now that you've been in sales for a long time, what is your definition of sales? Serving like that, like service. Mm. And, and you haven't, this is, this is so important. You haven't served someone until you've actually offered them the opportunity to make a buying decision. And Mm. I believe that in every cell of my body. And let me qualify that Mm -hmm. by saying, you know, I'm talking about your top 20%, like this, like you're in front of your, your top prospects, those prospects who need what you have, and you would be doing them a disservice if you walked away without giving them the opportunity to say yes. Oh, wow. That's really, really fantastic. Cause I think a lot of people who maybe aren't good at sales or aren't experienced at sales, they view it as a very intrusive process, but if it's done right, it's not. It's not. And not only, well, and one of the reasons it feels intrusive is because we're not taught how to sell. Yeah. You know, we're not taught how to sell in an elementary school or, you know, middle school or high school or college. I mean, you could get an MBA and never have a class on selling. You might have a class on marketing or what we call mm-hmm. sales and marketing or bundle it together. It's not the same, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> I will say this though, I get corrected a lot on that because there are a lot of Girl Scouts out there who know, who have the best sales training in the world. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. I always buy Girl Scout cookies. They're, t- they're awesome salespeople. But for oh, most yeah. of us, selling is like a, a four letter word and not a good one. We've been conditioned <laughs> to think it's bad. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Girl Scouts are probably the most savage salespeople on earth, especially when they sit in front of my bank on Friday afternoon during cookie season. Oh, you have to be where the people have the money. I know. Smart, right? Smart for grocery stores. Like they, they just know. And I buy, so I can, I buy so many, I can't fit them in our freezer anymore. I just have to, I, at some point I say, I just can't anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm out. But some of the top salespeople I've ever seen are Girl Scouts. Absolutely. Yes, we've got less than two minutes to our first break. So, Ursula, what is your big why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, my, I'm committed to helping sales professionals and entrepreneurs make a lot of money mm. so that they can give back to the organizations they care about and live a great life. Because I haven't met an entrepreneur or salesperson who doesn't like to give back in some way, shape, or form, whether it's through time or money. And I find that the more checks we can write, the better, as well as give time. But we have to be able to write checks as well. Absolutely. What was your biggest aha moment in your career so far? The, the realization that I have to stay in my own lane and oh, stop yeah. looking at what everybody else is doing because it's just confusing. And when I stay in my own lane, that's when the great, the great things happen because they're mine. They're authentic. They're from the heart. They're, what I, they're, they're how I should be serving. Yeah. Do you think that comes from bright, shiny object syndrome or do you think it comes from trying to be all things to all people? I think it comes, well, I think it comes from like thinking that, I don't want to say imposter syndrome, but finding, feeling like we might not have the answer or Mm. what we're offering might not be enough. I went through that a lot, especially in the beginning of my career. I felt like I forgot every experience I'd ever had. 
and was it's just put out there in a very vulnerable position like a lot of us are. And, and that, that was a lie. I mean, we have to remember who we are and what our experience is and what's the uniqueness that we bring to the world. Absolutely. We are coming up against our very first break. My very special guest this week is Ursula Menchez, and she's the best-selling author of several books. And we're going to dive into Selling with Intention because I think that is a fantastic book, and you all need to go get that right now after the show. Get it on Amazon. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about having specific intention. We're going to talk about how sales is about solving a problem and why people struggle in sales. We're going to talk about all that when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright, Success Profiles Radio, and I just want to let you know something. Toginet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Brian, that's B-R-I-A-N, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through Toginet Radio. We've negotiated special rates just for you at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to www.BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Sign up and enjoy the discounts right now. Once again, that is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Ursula Menchez, and we're going to dive headlong into a conversation about sales. Exciting topic. Some of you may not be quite so excited about it, but that maybe it's because you haven't had a great experience with it. We're going to turn all that around right now. So before I forget, you can also get my latest book, which is called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's based on interviews from my show. You can get it on Amazon. It's still only 99 cents on Amazon Kindle. You can't even shake a stick at that. Go get it, please. It's great. It's a fantastic book. You'll love it. So, Ursula, let's ask you this because you have a tagline, selling with intention, closing with authenticity. How beautiful is that? Where did that come from? From years of pain. Mm. <laughs> from years of training sales professionals and entrepreneurs who hate selling and hated selling and, and really helping them see that 
when you sell with intention, and when I say sell with intention, that you're in front of your top 20%, you're in front of the people that you can serve, and you see yourself solving their problem and meeting their need before you meet with them. That's what it means to sell with intention. And then selling with authenticity is all about just being yourself. Yeah. Just like we're having a conversation here right now. I mean, you're, you're offering them the opportunity to say yes to change their business or their life, and then it's up to them. But if you yeah. don't give them the opportunity to do it, then you're not serving them. Right. No, I totally understand that. So you mentioned in the first segment about having one great goal and you had a book called One Great Goal. So how important is it to have one great goal instead of a whole bunch of them? <laughs> yes. Well, a couple things on this. So on the front of my book, One Great Goal, you'll see a comet. And the the front of the comet is the head, right? That's a little while at the front. And then the back of it is called the tail. And one of the things that I realized over time when I looked back on, on my own career and things that have ha- had happened for me were that was that when I focused on one great goal, one big goal, the rest of the goals on my list also seemed to be accomplished. But when I kind of got like when I like wrote them all down, but you know, focused on them or focused on them now, and then it, it, I didn't seem to move forward. And so the one great goal process is really powerful uh, because it helps you clarify what it is you really want. And when you put that energy on one, the rest of them, like I said, seem to get accomplished pretty easily. The yeah. other tip I will give you is when you write your goals, write them in present tense as if they've mm-hmm. happened. Or for my friend Michael J, write them, I'm in the process of you know, owning a seven-figure business or being a best-selling author, whatever it is. Write it like that. And then put check boxes in front of your goals instead of numbers. Because in all the research I was doing, what I discovered was that we typically number goals. And then Mm -hmm. subconsciously, what we're saying to our brain is do them in that order. And then we get stuck. When you put a check box in front of it, just like we do with a task typically, Mm -hmm. that check box says to that goal, I'm going to get that goal done. Yeah. It's super powerful. And I had one client who accomplished 50 one great goals in her business in one year. She just kept knocking them out because she was using this process. Wow, that's absolutely amazing. I, I had not thought about that. That's really actually great because if you number them, then you feel married to do them in a certain order and life doesn't always happen in your order. It doesn't. Right. Ever. And, <laughs> right. And then it's like lodged in your subconscious brain. Okay, number one, number two. But that checkbox to your subconscious brain says, you know what? We're going to get them all done. We're going to check them off, but let's focus on that one great goal first and let's get that one checked off. Absolutely. So let's talk about, I mean, the writing process for just a second. You've written four books. Has your writing process changed substantially from your first one to your most recent one? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I'm just having painful flashbacks. I tell everyone, if you have a copy of Selling with Intention in its first edition, you might want to burn it <laughs> because it has evolved so much. I Selling with Intention as it is today is in its third edition. Like that was a lot of rewrites. And so yeah. my process of writing for writing has really changed. It's, um, I've just, I've just learned so much over the years from, you know, being in, in rooms and learning from other authors and training mm-hmm. and just reading on, you know, you're talking about being a reader at the front end of this and, you yeah. know, I'm reading two to three books a week. So I've, I've studied books. I've studied how they're written. I've studied authors and yes, yeah, it's, it's gotten easier. And, you know, one of the best, uh, well, there's so many great tips that I've gotten, but one of the best tips I've ever gotten is to to put the time on your calendar to write regularly and consistently Mm -hmm. and to leave a sentence open so that you pick up where you left off before. And that's really, really served me well. I'm sure you have a million tips that served me well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, sometimes, and I like having more than one project going at once, because if I am not feeling properly inspired in one particular project, I'll move on to something else and I'll come back to my first project three days later and it'll just fly right off my fingers. And I, 
would think, where was this three days ago? Yeah, that's a great point to have other parts. I actually have finished writing my fifth book now, but it's been sitting out there for a while because the publishing company was bought out. There's new ownership. And so it kind of got put on hold. And mm-hmm. I wrote my first children's book. So my fifth book's coming out this year, a nonfiction book in the fall. And then my first children's book's coming out um, probably around summertime this year as well, which nice. is going to be a series because I'm taking everything that I've learned as an adult, you know, in one great goal and selling with mm-hmm. intention. And we're making them into children's books because imagine if as a kid, you knew what you knew now. Like, yes. Think about that. Just makes me want to cry. So, anyway, so that's part of the writing, Absolutely. writing goals this year. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about intention for a minute. There has to be a specific intention every day when you start your day, right? Yes. <laughs> and I, I usually, I like to keep it simple. So I have a running to do list, which you know, are my intentions and my to do's, but I write them the night before so Mm. I can kind of sleep on it. So they're in my subconscious. So when I wake up the next day, it seems like a lot of things sort of, I don't want to say, I will say it. I feel like they magically get get completed or synchronistically the right person shows up to help me with something. So I like to do it the night before. Absolutely. So being, being successful in sales is really about solving a problem, right? You talked about service, but you're really helping someone solve a problem, right? Yep. Solving a problem or meeting a need or both for sure. And especially in the service industry, we have a lot of clients who come through and, you know, they have a service-based business kind of like you do, I do. Mm-hmm. And we, we're truly there to solve a problem. And, you know, I even encourage, we encourage our clients to open up a conversation and say, Hey, Brian, if I can help you, great. If I can't, I'd love to refer you to somebody who can, who could, if I know someone and to open it in such an authentic way that you can truly come from that place of service, <clears throat> excuse me, and then ask those questions to see whether or not you can help them. Yeah, no, I love that. Do you find that people who struggle in sales aren't focusing on problem solving? Yeah, I think that there's a couple things, but I mean, I think if you're struggling in sales, it's typically because you're, you're not focused on either you're not focused on your top 20% of those clients that you can really help. Cause that makes it so much easier. And that's often because we're coming from a mindset of scarcity with the belief that there's not enough of our top 20% out there that we can serve. And then, and then the fear comes in because, you know, statistically we might have to call someone five times in order to close a sale. That sounds very transactional, but everyone knows what I'm talking about. Like we might have to have five conversations and yet only 50% of us follow up more than once. Mm -hmm. And so that, I mean, that just being not, you know, being that space of not willing to have that conversation because of fear or the fear of being, you know, pushy or being rejected, all of that stops us. But you think about it for a second, Brian, like that's, it's just our mindset, right? Our mindset is getting in the way of us being successful in sales typically. Exactly. I love how you say focus on the top 20% because I think also when we struggle in sales, it's because we're talking to the wrong people. Right. Right. And that will make you question, like if you have your own business, that will make you question why you ever got into this business when you're talking to the wrong people, you know, the wrong prospects, they're not, they're not bad. They're just wrong for you. But when they're wrong for you, you know, they, it, they'll, they'll be kind of the squeaky wheel. They'll take the most time. They probably won't pay you on time. They'll definitely not refer anybody. Like it's just painful. Whereas when you're working with your top 20%, they, they show up on time. They see you as the expert. They love paying you. They love referring people. They yeah. hire you again. It makes yes. it easy. Absolutely. And when you are working with the wrong people, guess what? They will also refer people who are wrong for you. <laughs> right. right. And, and, and you're just miserable. You just want to 
jump off of yeah. something. <laughs> well, and I also understand, I mean, when I first launched my business, it was, I mean, I get it. Like I felt like I, you know, launched it on a shoestring budget. And so I took an opportunity that had a red flag. I saw the, like the red flag was waving in my face. It was probably hitting me in the face, right? Like mm-hmm. I should have, I should have been running out the door, but I was brought in to coach a sales team. And at that point, my bank account was screaming louder, or I thought it yeah. was. And so I took yeah. on this opportunity and it was a six month coaching opportunity. It was the worst experience of my life. There was only one person on the sales team who actually wanted to be coached, who actually even wanted to be found. Most of them worked from home. They didn't want anybody. They got paid well, whether or not they sold anything, they didn't want me around. Right. Mm. And I remember when I drove out of that parking lot, I thought, and I can still, it was a hot summer day in Southern California. I can still see the, the pavement was like steaming. I'm driving out and I thought to myself, never again, it would never be worth it again. Either I will close this business down or I will only work with my top 20%. Like those, those were my options when I drove out of that driveway. And I just never looked back from that. And I just made the decision that day. Cause that's really what it is. You have to decide that I was only going to work with my top 20%. Absolutely. And being successful in sales also means you are able to make authentic connections with people and it's not superficial and there's not an agenda, quote unquote, behind it because we can smell that one a mile away. How do you make an authentic connection with someone in the sales process? Yeah, it's, you know, one of the, the greatest skills you can develop in sales is listening and active listening. Yes. And I think that's how you can connect authentically. Now, as you mentioned, the front end of the this interview, I have a degree in um counseling psychology. And I think Mm -hmm. that degree has served me better than so many things I've done because, you know, I, I had to learn how to listen. And I also did a lot of marriage counseling and family counseling, which was, which was tough. And man, did you have to listen to make sure that you were in the space with them. Mm -hmm. And so I took those skills back to the sales world and I've really brought them to our clients today to show people like your, most of your job is listening. Like if you just, we always say this at sales camp, if you just had two powerful open-ended questions that you asked your prospect, they will probably sell themselves. Yeah. And, and then, and then, you know, you can help them. I mean, that's the whole thing. This is, and this is funny too. There's a lot of sales training out there today that tells you you have to have a certain personality or you have to be, you know, a certain way to be successful in sales. And I actually believe that that's not true. Like you can be an extrovert, and talk too much. You can be an introvert and think that's, you know, a weakness, but the truth is like introverts can win as well. Extroverts can win at this. You just have to work on your listening skills and take a step back and take notes and be that active listener. And again, like just a few powerful questions, someone could literally sell themselves and say, Brian, I don't even know. You know, I've, I've shared all this with you today. What I'd buy anything from you right now, right? You'd be surprised, Brian, like people aren't listening today. And just by giving them the gift of an ear, people will want to work with you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, uh, I know that some of my closest friends are my closest friends because they say I'm a good listener. Well, I interview people. That's what I do. So it's all great. We are coming up against our next break, by the way. I am on with Ursula Menchez and we're talking about sales and having conversations we have so much more to talk about when we come back from the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Stay play with us. Don't go away. We will come right back on the other side. Be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. 
This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Ursula Menchez. And if you do not know, I'm doing a virtual event on January 29th and 30th. It's called Authorpreneur Live. It's for people who want to write, market, and leverage their book to create greater advantage in their business. And if you are hearing this at a time that is after those dates, you can still go to authorpreneurlive.com and get the replays. And they'll be available. And it'll be so great. We'll be talking about a lot of different things relating to writing your book, getting it out there, marketing it, leveraging it, creating extra streams of income. It'll be so fantastic and amazing. I can't wait. So, Ursula, asking for the business is so important and a lot of people go through their presentations and they just they, they their energy changes when they get to the end they don't ask why do you think that is well there's that part of us that oh, subconscious there's that you know that ego that piece of us that just doesn't want to get rejected we hate yeah. hearing no it's right. painful and so one of the things one of the tips i want to give your listeners is that it's okay to put a next step on the calendar. Cause mm-hmm. here, here's what we find, you know, either you're going to get a clear yes and they're signing up or signing the contract or paying you today. And that's great. Or a clear, no, it's not a fit. And that's okay too, because you've still served them and because you've helped them make a decision or this third one where there's like, there's more questions or maybe there's a business partner who needed to be involved in the conversation or there's, they want to talk like they, they have to think about something, which by the way, if they say I have to think about it, I would ask them, you know, tell me more. What do you have to think about? Can I answer that now for you? Mm-hmm. But if at some point you get stuck, put a next step on the calendar. This is what the point that most people miss. Mm-hmm. Even if you're like, you're scared to ask for the sale, but you're like, you know, when you could even ask this question, when do you think you'll be able to make a decision? Cause maybe they can't make that decision today. And they say, you know what? I think by the end of the week. Well, let's get another time on the calendar, Brian. How about this this Friday? And then help pick a time, but get that next step on the calendar before you leave that meeting. Right. Absolutely. So there are right ways and wrong ways to ask for a sale, right? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I truly believe that however you authentically ask for the sale mm-hmm. is the best way to ask for it. Hmm. 
I like because, that. Because I think there's, there's so much sales training out and people can get so overwhelmed and then not even ask for the sale because they're like, well, if I can't say it right, then I can't do it. I think the easiest thing, the easiest way to ask for a sale is to offer people options, you know, and to be able to present it, especially if you're in the service industry, like, can you present your prospect with a couple options that will serve them and then let them choose? Do you have products? If you sell products, can you offer them a couple options? Like, what would you as the expert recommend Mm -hmm. to them and then give them the opportunity to choose? That's the easiest way, I think, to help um, the sales process move along. Absolutely. Let's talk about the importance of having a 30-second introduction. What is what is that and what is the function of that? Yeah, 30-second introduction is just, you know, so that you're prepared at a networking event or any event or even when you meet someone one-on-one at the grocery store and they ask you what you do to be prepared to talk about that. And I've always encouraged people to introduce themselves a little bit in a little bit different way. And we also use this way in all of our sales um, scripting, which when I say scripting, I really mean authentic conversations, but very simple to say, you know, who you are, the company you're with, the problem you solve and a recent success story in that order, and then some kind of call to action on the end. And of course, in different situations and less formal situations can be different than if you're in a formal situation where you're standing up to actually introduce yourself. Right. But again, Mm -hmm. like who you are company you're with problem you solve and a recent success story. When you share the problem you solve, people hear what you do in a very different way and they get it. And then they can make a decision faster whether or not they want to continue the conversation. When you add a success story, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, Brian, now I really get what you do. Now I have to have it. Absolutely, because I may have gone through that too. Exactly, right. And or you have a client who, you know, you should, maybe you shared a success story with me and your client, you know, had a very similar situation. And I'm like, yes, that like I can see myself exactly in that, in that success story. Absolutely. And when you do make an offer, you have to make it irresistible somehow. How, how do we do that? I suppose active listening certainly comes from, from part of it, but you, you have to have something in advance planned out, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think a lot of times there's there's standard, you know, bonuses that make it irresistible that go along with whatever it is that you're offering. Uh, and, and I think any way that you can go above and beyond to show your prospect that you really want to earn their business is powerful. You know, I, we, um, just an example in my own business, we had a client recently who has come back for the fifth time for coaching, which we love working with her. She's one of our rock stars. She has designed some of our coaching programs because she keeps coming back, which, which is amazing, right? Like that's yeah. your top 5%. Right. But whenever she comes back, like we, we try to serve her at that highest level. So the conversation, when I say we, it was the other coach on my team, one of the other coaches, I said to her, I said, like, what, what can we do that would, you know, really blow her away? So we came up with this really cool bonus. And she was like, yeah, totally. Like, that's perfect. And so sometimes it can be very individual. And sometimes it can be a little bit like, you know, we have special bonus items for when someone comes to sales camp, but we try to make them so powerful and irresistible. That's like, yeah, of course that's a no brainer. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally get that for sure. So how do we identify our money mindset? Because I think that has a lot to do with whether we succeed or fail in business too, right? Yeah. And it can be, it can be a little bit tricky because often, you know, we have these, these limiting beliefs or these beliefs that are, or these ideas that we've been carrying around for a long time about money and what's possible for us. And, and we often don't even know where they came from, but an easy way to check in, this is, I love doing this with our clients because they're, when they're trying to figure out where they're stuck or why they're stuck is to think about your stretch goal for the next 12 months. Like the one you think about 
right before you go to sleep at night or the one you think about when you wake up in the morning, like what is your, what's your big stretch goal for the year? Is it a double? Is it a triple what you did last year? And think about it and then ask yourself, what's the number one reason I can't get there? And notice what that limiting belief is that pops up or notice that thought that pops up because there's something in there. There's something that, that needs to be worked on right in there. And that's an easy way to help identify it. And then you got to find, like, then figure out, you know, who do you know who can help you with that? Because there's so many, there's so many, you know, coaches and healers and people on the planet who can help you shift that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say that you are pursuing a prospect for the better, for lack of a better way of saying it, sometimes you, it's a hard, hard to reach people. You know, sometimes people don't answer their phones. So let me ask, do you leave messages or do you try again so that you can talk to them voice to voice? Yeah, both all of the above. And we get this question a lot, like how many times should I follow up? When should I follow up? How, you know, how can I get that person on the phone? And my answer is, is, you know, you keep calling until, until you get them on the phone. I had a, a sales rep one time she was one of the top sales reps to date that I've ever worked with. And she never counted how many times she followed up with you or she ever, she never even thought about the last time she talked to you. She was calling you. Like if she were calling you, Brian, to, mm-hmm. she was selling technical training. If she was calling you, she was calling you to get you on the phone because, you know, she knows you want something or you made a request or you, you showed that you had some interest in, you know, taking a technical training class or having us come in and do private training. So she would call you until she got you on the phone. And it was very urgent. And in her mind, it's like, Brian, you said you wanted this. Like, let's get this figured out. Let's get this finalized today. It was always now. Like there was a yeah. now. And right. we get this question a lot. Like how often should I follow, follow up until you get a yes and no or a next step on the calendar? Right. Like you, it's, it's today. Like, don't be like your prospect. The other thing is your prospects are not thinking about you. They're busy. Their life is going on. And if you, if you flip it, right. Like think about the last time you wanted to buy something. Like maybe you were renovating your home. I use this example because a lot of people, you know, renovate our homes. We call a lot of contractors. If a contractor doesn't call you back, how do you feel about that? Like, don't you want my business? Exactly. And that's how your prospect feels about you when you don't call enough times. And so, so leave a voicemail and keep calling. Now we actually, you know, one of the things we do is we help people script voicemails as well. And, Mm. you know, when you're scripting a voicemail, be very intentional in the fact that you're asking them to call you back. So mm-hmm. often, if you think about how we're trained to leave voicemails to say, Hey, this is Ursula Khan from such and such. And, you know, give me a call when you can. Well, they're never going to call. They're going to hit delete. Right. But right. if you're really intentional about when you're available today and you look forward to hearing from them now or today, right. Or here's when I'm available here. Look forward to your call back today. Like that's powerful. Now you've told me what to do. Now I'm probably going to call you back. Yeah. Do you think that the sales process is a little like dating insofar as that some people just really enjoy being chased? <laughs> I've never thought about it in that way, but I I do think, okay, I'll I'll use myself as an example. Okay. If someone's trying to sell me something, maybe I, maybe I like to be chased a little bit because, you know, being in this space, it's like, I want someone to actually show that they want my business. Right. And if they don't, like, I, I'm going to probably go somewhere else because I'm going to think, you know what, this is, this really is like dating, right? Like they're, they're showing me everything I need to know. And so if you're being persistent in following up that you really want to earn my business, I'm going to pay attention. In fact, that just happened to me recently. And I went with a company because they kept calling me and I was like, well, what they have must be great because they're showing me how they're going to be in this relationship. And so far that's been true. I love that. You know, sometimes people 
prefer to deal with people through text because more people answer and see their text messages than email or even answering their phone. What's your philosophy on carrying on a sales conversation through text? Is it, you know, do, do what they talk to them in a way they prefer to be talked to? <sighs> it's a, it's a, so I, I do think there's some generational differences with this too. Not everyone, yes. but I do think that, you know, we'll say the millennials who get picked on a lot, but I do think that they tend to text more. The younger generation tends to text more. Yeah. I, I'm a big believer. Like if, if that's the easiest way to set an appointment with them, great. But then I still want you to have a conversation because you can't right. have a full blown sales conversation via text. I don't think at least I think no. it'd be hard. Right. Right. I understand that for sure. So about follow-up, we talked about that a little bit. Most sales happen after the fifth call. Do you think salespeople don't follow up because maybe the whole rejection thing, is it a laziness thing? Are they looking for the laydown sale? What do you think is going on? I think it's a little bit of that. I also think that there's this belief, a lot of sales professionals have this belief that if they really want what I have, they'll call me. And it's just not true. We just went through mm -hmm. the whole psychology of that, right? Like, because mm -hmm. you, you want someone to call you to show that they actually want your business. We all want that. And so, no, like, I, I really think that it's, it's that belief that, that if they want what I have, they'll call me back. Or they, and the truth is they won't. Like, you have to be on top of it. Because the truth is, if you're not on top of it, someone else will be, and they will get that sale. Absolutely. We've got maybe a minute, minute and a half to our final break. What are maybe one or two of your favorite strategies to attack clients? Oh, well, to number so I think it's about being yourself and finding those those three key marketing areas that work for you. For me, I love speaking. I love doing our podcast. I love writing. I mean, so those are some of the key areas. But in all of that, make sure your message is extremely authentic. And we look at a lot of other people's advertising, but it's got to sound like you. Yeah, absolutely. And your podcast is called Double Your Sales Now. We can talk about that a little bit after the break. But while I'm thinking about it, where can people find you and, and learn more about you? We'll do this again at the end of the show, of course, too. Sure. Yeah. Go to salescoachnow.com. That's the easiest place to find us. I also have UrsulaMinches.com. That's a little bit harder to spell, but that's for anyone who would like us to come out to an event to help them out just for speaking, keynotes, that kind of thing. Absolutely. We are coming up against our final break. I can't believe how fast this is going. We're having so <laughs> much fun it. talking about sales. And yes, this is a fun topic. If you don't think it's a fun topic, you have not been paying attention. <laughs> right. So here we are with Ursula Menchez, and we'll be right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio, and down the stretch we come when we come right back. Don't go away. We will continue very shortly on the other side. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian.
This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Ursula Menchez. And if you have not gotten my new book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2, it's on Amazon. And it's still on Kindle for 99 cents. You can't even shake a stick at that. It's a great deal. And it featuring some of my past interviews from my show, Kevin Harrington, Chris Powell from Extreme Weight Loss, Dan Locke. Uh, it, it's just such an amazing book. And I'm, it, I, it, I'm a little biased, but those were such great episodes. And I'm looking for Volume 3 to come out toward the end of this coming year. That is my goal. That is my goal. So, Ursula, let's talk about your podcast called Double Your Sales Now. I had the extreme privilege of being on your show about a month or two ago. Tell us about it. Yeah, I well, I, I love interviewing people like you. Yeah. I just I love having that conversation and really digging in. And a lot of the show is us interviewing um, our clients, or me interviewing our clients, and yeah. really talking to them about their experience of, of growing their sales by shifting their mindsets and, and just learning the skill set of selling. And so it's it's powerful because it's it's amazing to hear some of their stories and how they've shifted. And of course, I interview friends like you who just bring, you know, great information to our listeners. And mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. I mean, it, it, we, like you, like, you know, you end up having listeners all over the world. We hear from people everywhere and it's such a privilege to, you know, be connecting with people, you know, in Brazil and in, mm-hmm. you know, places, Africa. Like I got an email from a guy and he, you know, was just so grateful for the information we were sharing. He had just launched wow. his company. So anyway, that's rewarding, you know. Yeah. What are some of the biggest takeaways you've had from people who have been on your show? Oh my gosh, so many. I interestingly though, I feel like some of my biggest takeaways have been from my clients. I, yeah. I learn from my clients every day, but there's certain things that things that they've broken through or their success stories that I didn't hear about. Because often, you know, they come to sales camp, they do our coaching program, and then I might interview them, you know, six months or a year later. So there's things that have happened that I, I didn't even know. They'll like be like, Ursula, you didn't hear about this, but here's what happened. And so what's great about that is that, you know, it didn't just change their lives. Like they're telling me about how that financial impact of growing their business has changed the lives of their children. And that's going to change the lives of their children's children. So their grandchildren, like this, this legacy that has changed because they've learned that they can create anything in their business in their life. I mean, I, I can't, so rewarding. Absolutely. Where can we find it? The easiest place is iTunes. It's on iHeartRadio. It's on our website, sales coach now. So it's pretty easy to find, um, double your sales now or search yeah. for my name, Ursula Minchus. Yeah. Absolutely. I would love to ask, and I'm just thinking of this on the fly, how to break a sales slump. I think one of the things for me is go back to people you've already worked with before and either get referrals or see if there's something else you can do for those same people again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and so and look back, and this is, this is really important too. look back at your clients, but also really key in on your top 20%. So one of yeah. the activities that I ask our clients to do every year is to to um, actually do a printout, print out the top 20% because that 80-20 rule, which is the Pareto principle, mm-hmm. you know, says that 80% of our results are coming from 20% of our clients and 20% of our activities. So really dig into that. Like who are the top 20% that keep showing up, that keep referring to you? So I agree with you. And, and, but to do that is an exercise regularly. 
Absolutely. So let's talk about Sales Camp. This is a boot camp you have for people who want to get better at sales, who want to get some more specific scripting, who want experience in how to conduct a great sales call. Tell us about Sales Camp. Yeah. So it's a two-day course, and we start with mindset because the thing is, if I can teach strategy all day long, but if someone's stuck or hates salespeople or hates selling, believe me, most people who come hate selling. They show up and they're like, I do it, but I hate it. Like if we can shift that belief and make selling fun, because that's what our tagline for sales camp is, where selling is fun and easy. If I can shift that mindset, then the rest of it makes sense. So then we work on your 90-day plan to double your sales. We really break down the numbers. You know, we work on scripting, how to get an appointment, how to easily close the sale. And then on day two, you actually get to make real phone calls during 30 minutes of calling. And so you get to see how many appointments you crank out in that time. And our current record holders, one of them scheduled 11 appointments, warm calls. These were warm calls. So she'd met them, you know, at other events. She scheduled 11 appointments in 30 minutes, which turned into $70,000 in business for her. Another um, woman closed five cold call appointments in 30 minutes. So four of them happened in the 30 minutes. The other one, she'd left a voicemail on a cold call, got a call back, ended up with a fifth appointment in 30 minutes of calling. And those she was calling on high-end hotels. And so we we, not only do we show you what to do, but we blow through those limiting beliefs. We blast them out because all of a sudden you're like, I can do this. And then at the end of the day, we show you an easy five-step process to close a sale. And you know, Brian, we find that, yes, there's some people who are new to sales that show up, but we get a lot of people who've been in sales for a while or they've had their company for a while. Like a, like our sweet spot are clients who are in you know the $250,000 to $500,000 space and they're stuck. Mm-hmm. And we help them break through so that they can get to that next level. Wow. And I suppose uh, part of building a great mindset for this is doing affirmations regularly, right? Yeah, for sure. Affirmations. And we help, we help our attendees, our sales campers discover how to one, identify a limiting belief and two, to change it. Mm. And I, you know, I've been, I'm an NLP certified coach, NLP and neurolinguistic programming. And so one of the gifts I got from that training was how to help people shift their limiting beliefs. Like that was such a breakthrough. And of course I started on myself. I had so many limiting beliefs about sales and money and all this stuff. And so we, we give our attendees the exact process to shift their own beliefs. So when they leave, not only will they have affirmations, but they can start to shift their limiting belief on the fly. So when they think of a goal and they feel stuck, they can ask themselves like, what's stopping me? And they can get to the core of that limiting belief pretty fast, shift it and move into a new belief, which I would like think of as an affirmation as well. Absolutely. And I was on your website and one of the affirmations that you had was money flows to me easily and effortlessly every day. Yes. That was the first one I changed because I had a limiting belief that you have to work really hard to make money, which makes sense because I grew up on a farm. I mean, that was the belief. We worked 24 seven and it was true there. But then when I got to the corporate world, like that wasn't so true anymore because I saw people who were at the golf course or at the spa for like half the week. And I'm thinking, how can they do like, why aren't they working? I I just didn't Mm -hmm. get it. And so I had to change that belief. They were kind of working. They were networking. They were <laughs> right. If you're, looking I, for your, if you're looking for your top 20%, you have to go where they are. And if they are golfers, you join a golf club. If they like to spend time at high-end hotels, you go there. If they are at high-level events, you go there. You don't make the fish come to where you are. You go to where they already live. You know, when I shifted that belief, one of my goals became that I was – that I wanted to do business at high-end spas. And it's actually like, we do a lot of VIP days now at high-end spas in Southern California and in Minnesota. But that like, just shifting that, you're absolutely right. Like that's where my top 20% hangs out. Yeah, 
I love that. That's fantastic. What has been your biggest challenge in growing your business? Me. Mm. <laughs> Isn't it always us? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think, I mean, for me, having my own business was being in the biggest self-development course of my life. And I think, you know, your listeners can probably relate to that. I think having your own business, especially when you are the product or service, will bring up every everything, everything, every place you've ever gotten stuck, you know, all of your limiting beliefs, all that stuff that you maybe haven't wanted to work on. It Mm -hmm. forces you to work on it if you're going to grow and if you're going to continue to be successful in your business and in your life. And it's a process. I mean, I, I've worked with, I don't know, so like a lot of healers and a lot of just counselors. And I, I think it's important because, you know, my family, in my family, and I'm, I'm happy to share this. We, we definitely have a history of, um, depression and anxiety. It's, you know, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, but we don't talk about it in our society. And so I, it's something I constantly work on for myself so that I can run my business and serve my clients. Mm -hmm. But I think we have to work on ourselves. Absolutely. Where can we find out more about sales camp and when is this? Yeah. So we have, we offer 10 public sales camps a year, public meaning anyone can come in. We also do private sales camps for um, sales teams. So if you go to salescoachnow.com, and there's, um, we make it a little bit tricky for you to find. <laughs> if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a little sales camp icon. You can click on it there. And, or, um, you can definitely email me directly and that's, you can email us at contact at sales coach now, and we'd be happy to give you our special, what we call our special podcast price to come to sales camp. So we'd be happy to serve people that way. Absolutely. And you're in San Diego and in the Minneapolis area. Correct. Yep. Exactly. Fantastic. I would love to ask, this is one of my favorite questions to ask, what are some of those influential books or influential mentors who have impacted your life? Sure. So Brian Tracy. Yes. Of course. Like I'm in the sales space. Like I, I have read his books, his, one of my favorites, I mean, he has many, but, um, the psychology of selling changed my life. Like that was one Mm. of the first books where I, where, where I felt like my psych degree was worth every penny that I'd spent on it. Yeah. And so that book was just really life-changing because it, it helped me see that I was solving a problem for people. Absolutely. Uh, so many. I mean, Zig's, I read Zig Ziglar. I read Tom Hopkins, um, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Gittimer, all those, I mean, all those gentlemen wrote phenomenal books on sales. One of the most influential books was also um, The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. I mean, it's mm. he inspired selling with intention. I went from thinking sales was a numbers game to realizing that you know, sales wasn't a game at all. It was about being intentional and figuring out if you could serve people or not. So he was life changing. I mean, I could go on and on think and grow rich, the science of getting rich. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. How do you define success? Serving. Yes. That's beautiful. And that's probably all we need to say. (laughs) Serving, serving others is really where it's at. You get like Ziggler says, if you, you will get whatever you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want in life also. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and what else is there? I mean, we're here to help each other. That's why we're on the planet. Absolutely. So Ursula, what has surprised you about your journey? You know, I think one of the biggest surprises is that I'd be not only a, a professional speaker, but a paid professional speaker like that. Mm-hmm. I have glossophobia. A lot of people don't know this. You can Google it. It's the deepest fear of public speaking you could ever imagine. In the ninth oh. grade, Brian, I couldn't mm. even read a paragraph in front of the room. Like it was like, I had a, like I had, I, 
I had a phobia. Mm. <laughs> so, but here's this thing, like I, I was called to be on stages and I, so I, I joined speech theater and got red ribbons. I majored in psychology and communication and had to be videotaped in front of the room and it was awful. But by the end of my four year degree, I was getting A's in my communication classes. And I don't know, it's like, it's like, you know, there was this higher power putting me on this path that yeah. I didn't choose, but I, when I look back now, it's like I had to overcome that fear so that I could serve the way I'm supposed to on this planet. So that's a big surprise. <laughs> Great. We've got two minutes until the end. So here's what I want to ask you. Uh, who inspires and motivates you? Uh, people like you who are doing great things. I mean, mm. everybody, I, I feel inspired. I, you know, I, I look at what you're doing and all the amazing things and how you're helping people and the books that you're writing. I mean, you inspire me. My clients inspire me. I, I feel like I'm in internal awe of the people that I come into contact with on a regular basis. My son inspires me. Like, I, I don't know where that comes from, but I just, I feel this gratitude to be on the planet at this time. And I'm inspired by so many people. Of course, my clients, like, I mean, the stuff that they go through, their willingness to push through those limiting beliefs so that they can change their lives. Like they're inspiring. Absolutely. And one more time, Ursula, how can we find you? How can we tribe and vibe with you? Yeah. Salescoachnow.com. And I have a free gift for your listeners, if that's okay. Yes, please. Yeah. If they go to salescoachnow.com forward slash gift, we have a cool PDF there that they can download on just, you know, six secrets to doubling their sales now. It's just a one sheet, but it can help you kind of push through whatever you might be up against. Salescoachnow. And then you can find me on, I'm on Instagram. Salescoachnow is on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with everyone there. Ursula Manchez, thank you so much for being such a fantastic and amazing guest this week. I honor you and thank you for being who you are in the world. Brian, back at you. Thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure. Absolutely. And thanks to all of you for listening to Success Profiles Radio this week. And join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview world-class achievers, learn what they achieved, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Until next Monday, take care, everyone. See you. Have a fantastic week. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. 